You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. The live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. It is also a game preview edition for week two. Chiefs, Cardinals, back to the scene of the crime where the Chiefs somehow, despite all of the excuses of the Philadelphia Eagles, were able to overcome and win a Super Bowl. Matthew Lane is here with me. Hi, Maddie. I got a I got a bone to pick with you, Kent. Oh no. I'm ups- I am upset with you. You listened to the show while I was gone, didn't you? I did listen to the show. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I I was upset. I was taken aback. You like to warn people that Craig is okay when he's not here because of how important he is and how much he means to you and all the people. And I'm not here and you couldn't give an expletive about that. I was so angry. I almost crashed into people on the highways of Florida just because I was mad at you for the way you handled that. I I don't know how we're going to get over this. And Craig isn't here to mediate right now. Maddie? No. Don't walk it back. I'm glad to see you. (laughs) Hey, uh, what was the best piece of fish you had while you were in Florida? Uh, I, I don't love fish. I'm not a big fish guy. I like fish that are pretty meaty, though, like a hearty fish. So, like, I did have mahi a couple times while I down there, and it was delicious, as always. Like, I the fish I like, I really like. I just don't like a lot of kinds of fish. So, um, I had some mahi tacos, and I had just had some blackened mahi at a place down there. So, yeah, I'm a big mahi guy. What is your take on gator? Delicious. Oh, especially some, like, uh, fried gator, little bites, and the Mm. whatever kind of sauce all the restaurants down there give you to dip it in, too. It's like Ooh, it's, a tangy. It's, it's it's like it's like that yeah. zesty onion ring sauce they get at, at Burger King, but good. It's like yeah, it's something you want to make at home, but there's no possible way you'll ever make it correct. Um, yeah, no, I I do enjoy gator. Um, I do enjoy shark as well. So you know, I I I try seafood. I just don't like the majority of it. We uh we caught us we caught a shark while we were there. I heard. And, yeah, and we we cut it up and ate it, and it was delicious. I'd never had shark in my life. So good, right? I had I had shark for the first time, I had gator for the first time, both great. My kid was obsessed with gator. Like he could have he could have eaten a whole he could have eaten a whole gator by himself if uh, if we had let him. But uh, we're not talking about Florida. Same. We're talking about Arizona today. Uh, the mm. Chiefs are going to be playing in preseason week two. Um, but also, like Maddie, we haven't got your opinions on what you saw week one. So like this can kind of oh, also God. be an opportunity for you to talk a little bit about what you saw in that week one game. So I'm like, we'll start with offense. The okay. floor is yours. Your, the floor is yours, buddy. Like, give me, give me something that you want to see on offense, and it, it may bleed over into what you want to talk about from last week. Up to you, but oh. let's talk a little bit about the offensive side of the ball and, and something you're excited to watch this upcoming week. I mean, I I just want to see the first team offense look not bad. Um, and like, I'm not worried. I'm not concerned whatsoever. Right. Like, it's the first game of the preseason. I just, I was watching and I just thought there was a fair bit of like small execution errors that that first team offense had Trey Smith missed blocks. I thought Creed Humphrey was losing leverage battles pretty frequently. Jawan Taylor tried to like box a guy out instead of like actually put forth effort on an outside uh, zone run. So like, I just, overall, I did not think the first team offense played very clean. So I would like to see that up. 
Um, I think if you listen to Andy Heck talk, he very, or not Andy Heck, but it was uh, Dave Tobe mentioned that the first units were not playing very well. They were making mistakes. And he said, yes, he's including his special teams unit as well, but he kind of left it open-ended at first. And I think that might be a message the entire coaching staff had this week of practice is like, Hey guys, we get it. Your starters, your veterans, you know what you're to do, but like, let's clean it up a little bit. Cause I, I think that's something that they actually care about. Um, Cause I don't think it was very good. This uh, first round. I have a take specifically about what you just mentioned. I'm glad you brought it off off the top. Hit me. I think the first team offense specifically is going to go nuts early in this week's game. And it's not because they're playing a tear bad team and they're getting to play Jonathan Gannon again in Arizona. I think that, you know, you saw some of the stories coming out about Mahomes. You saw what he said on the sidelines to Kimmy checks. It was like trying to create more urgency, you know, that the saints were had more energy to start that first preseason game. The Chiefs kind of came out of there in a lull. And you saw Mahomes like identify that, be frustrated with that, and try to carry that energy into the rest of the team. And so you saw the second unit start to play better. You saw urgency. You saw energy for the second half of that game. I think Mahomes is going to place an emphasis on this group starting fast, playing well, getting hot, showing what they're kind of capable of doing off the top. I think that's what we're going to see out of this offense because you're right. They were sluggish. They, you know, they had some execution. Right, don't worry. You're good. You're good. Your mic's you're here. Um, yeah. You're going to have to fix your mic. I'll keep talking. I got audio issues. Okay. Hold on. Please. Good. All right. Now I'm back. So yeah, I'm with you. I think that the, uh, the offense was not going great. It wasn't exactly what they wanted it to be. I, I think you're going to get that last year in the second preseason game. The offense was like not perfect, but they're two series. They were excellent. They executed very well. They went up and down the field. They yanked Patrick Mahomes right after that and all went well, right? So I do believe that you're going to come out. You're going to see a little bit more. Maybe they try to throw a ball more than five yards. I don't know. Just a just a hunch of something that they might try to do. So I, I think we are going to see that. I think that this offense is going to start off. They're going to look a little better. I don't think they're going to get exotic or anything, but I do think they're going to run a little bit more of a complete uh, offense uh, going forward. And I'm excited for it because I, I really do. I do think that there was just some, uh, they came out flat. I think the game plan was kind of flat and I think the play resembled that. No, no doubt. And I, I think that's going to be, um, it's going to be fun to watch this group respond. I think one of the things, one of the other things on offense that I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing from this group um is the wide receiver rotation. You know, obviously Nico Ramihio hurt. I, who knows what's actually going to happen with him? He could be the mystery IR guy where they, you know, hold off until next year until they see him uh, or they hold off till next year. Um, but I'm curious to just kind of to get a look at, you know, who's playing where I feel like when they play preseason week one, game one, they kind of go a little rank and file. You see the veterans playing a lot earlier, and then they start getting a little bit more serious about the rotations, maybe that are more reflective of some of the stuff you might have seen in training camp. Uh, it feels like you know they're giving the veterans opportunities kind of in sequential order a lot of times with these. I expect to see a little bit of Richie James, for instance, with the first team offense. Uh, it kind of seems like the Chiefs are pushing Richie James pretty hard with some of their social media. The franchise followed him out and mic'd him up. It seems like Richie James has a role on this team, and he's coming off an exceptional performance in the second quarter of that game against the New Orleans Saints. 
Ricky James did. Um, I think you'll, I think we will get to see him do more. I thought Richie James was very good. He also took advantage of some, I mean, blown coverages. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to downplay what he did, but the Saints were leaving him wide open on a lot of these outbreaking routes from the slot. A lot of these corner routes, they just didn't have their switches with that second team unit dotted up and like had their T's crossed and I's dotted and they left him wide open, but he still made great plays. You can kind of tell he was on his one kick return opportunity very decisive he knew exactly what he wanted to do when he was on top of it and I think that does go to show that you know the veteran experience that he has the kind of person the kind of worker that he is I would expect to see him come in and do a little bit more with that uh hopefully get some run with the first team I thought it was interesting though Rasheed Rice got in real early with the Mm -hmm. first team in that first game and I see no reason why he won't again I thought he also was pretty impressive just the way he moved it was a little bit different than a lot of the other wide receivers the explosiveness the the physicality the the ability to block to make contested catches like he put a little bit out there and I think the Chiefs left a little bit more for him uh, working downfield so I'm really excited to see those two guys specifically if they get a chance to run with the ones and kind of what their role is going to look like yeah I I really liked what I saw to Rashi Rice that first game some people got upset that I said that because of the drop, but like he had a really difficult catch in the middle of the field in this area where, you know, you're going to get hit and it takes a lot of focus and concentration to try to bring that football down, especially since it wasn't a great throw. I mean, I, I really liked what I saw at Arashi rice. Like, yes, the, the drop on the out route, you know, you, you would rather see him not do that, but yeah, I I'm really excited. He's the one I, I, I think sky and Rashi rice sky Moore and Rashi rice are primed to have significant roles on this team where I don't, I think sky Moore's getting more than two fifty this year for sure. And if he doesn't, we got problems. Uh, and Rashi rice, I think is going to going to kind of buck some of the trends that you see of the Andy Reed year one wide receivers. I think he's going to have a more productive season than maybe some of the more recent year one wide receivers that we've seen in this team. I mean, McCool Hardman, I mean, I know he had a very niche role his rookie year, but I think he got somewhere around 500 yards, close to 600 his rookie season. I wouldn't be surprised at all, even though it's a different role. I could see that kind of volume yardage for Arashi Rice this year. And I, yeah, I think both of these guys, I want to see them both get the ball with Patrick Mahomes on offense. I think that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to seeing is both of those guys getting run both of those guys getting an opportunity with Mahomes throwing them the ball. Well, and this is where things get interesting just overall for the wide receiver room, right? Is Sky Moore is going to play inside and outside, but he's still kind of one of their first slot wide receivers that they have out there. They are going to run him out of the slot quite a bit. Richie James has seen almost all of his snaps to the Chiefs come from the slot. I know it's just been training camp, but even in that preseason game, he was a slot wide receiver. And Rasheed Rice saw the majority of his snaps coming out of the slot. Yes, he also aligned wide on some reps, and it does look like they're moving Rice around a fair bit. But they have a lot of guys that it seems like they want to feature in certain areas, but they're all coming out of the slot. And we want to see Sky Moore take a jump. We want to see Richie James get reps because we kind of love the reliability and we love like what we think he brings as a veteran. And then we want to see Rasheed Rice get out there and showcase what he can do. I, I just want to see how the Chiefs go about trying to feature all of those guys if they are trying to play all of them with the majority of the reps coming from the same alignment. How, how does Andy Reid mix and match that in? I do like that Rice has seen reps going inside and outside. I like that Sky Moore's getting that too. I think that opens them up a little bit. I'm just curious how they approach that. And I think this game, 
uh, you might start to see a little bit more. I think if Andy Reid has it his way, he's going to get his starters have a couple good drives, a couple good series here, then pull them out. Maybe they'll play a little bit in the third game. Maybe they won't. We'll find out. But like, if they can get the first team stuff like completely ironed out here, I think he'd feel a lot better going through the final game of the preseason without relying on them to go out there again. There's one more receiver we need to talk about. Then the rest of the offense we'll discuss right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The continued darling of Kansas City's training camp stories and offseason stories the last two years, Justin Ross is another receiver I want to pay attention to this week. And it's kind of the same storyline as some of these other guys that we've been talking about getting opportunities potentially with the first team. Do we see him get in with the ones at any, at any point? Um, you know, spe- like I think this is a very interesting game for him because it's where is he at in the pecking order? What opportunities does he get? What quarterback does he get the opportunities with? What special teams roles is he on? Like, I, I think we're going to learn a little bit about the Justin Ross kind of situation through what happens in this game and, you know, how he responds. I, you know, like, I think the, the, the route that he ran that he didn't get the ball is the one that's getting the most love right now, that little in-breaking route. Uh, and it, and rightfully so, that was, that was kind of impressive, but he did some good things in that, in that first game, Maddie. And, and I want to see him build off of that despite, you know, playing through a little bit of injury this week. 
Yeah, I mean, Ross, again, like Richie James, I think had, had a pretty good first game. I don't think that his like he, his usage wasn't quite as varied as some of the other guys. And I think that's probably what's working against him a little bit in terms of climbing up the pecking order. He's, he's an outside wide receiver that excels on the vertical, you know, route plane. And the problem is the Chiefs kind of have that guy in MVS. And realistically, they have that next guy in Justin Watson, who we still know is going to get some reps. Like they have guys that do the same stuff as Justin Ross does already ahead of him. And he's not a guy that has a ton of versatility right now as a wide receiver. So I I'm with you. I'm interested to see, can they come up with a couple packages, a couple scenarios in which they do want to use him instead of those guys or with those guys with that first team offensive unit, because it, he gets some in training camp. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't get any first team reps with Patrick Mahomes in that first game. It was one series, but he didn't get any. I don't even think he came in for a while on the, on Blaine Gabbert's first, uh, series with the where the rest of the first team offense was kind of still playing when they still had the first team O line out there and stuff. So he looked to be a little bit farther down the depth chart than some of the other guys we've talked about already. But I'm curious to see if they do try to throw him out there, see what he can do with the ones, and see if they can kind of figure out where they want to utilize him despite having some other guys that has you know similar skill sets. I know where I want to use him, Maddie. I look Good at job. yeah. I mean I. I know Jody Forson got kept around last year in some capacity, partially because of red zone value. Jody Forson's season's done. You just got done talking about MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Justin Watson. You know what those two guys that are kind of your vertical, you know, plain runners, do you know what they're not great in? The red zone. They're not the contested catch type guys. They're down the field ball winners that are going to try to run away from you and run under a football. Justin Watson or Justin Ross can do that too. Don't get me wrong, but... I see, and I, you know, even some of the highlights that you saw this week, Justin Ross getting some run with Patrick Mahomes in the red zone. So I wonder if that's where they might consider using him. And you've seen him do really good things in the contested catch situations. Um, you know, you've seen him getting some opportunities with Mahomes down there in the red zone. I think that's where he could potentially slot in is, is a red zone threat for this team. Um, and like I, I don't know. Like that I'm I, I anticipate, like I said, I anticipate this team moving the ball a little bit. And I'd love to see if maybe Justin Ross gets his first opportunities with this one with the ones down there in the red. It would make a lot of sense. And honestly, I think Mahomes would try to, you know, try it out a little bit against a, a different team just to see what happens because that kind of seems like something that the Chiefs might try to do in one of those situations and try to go give a young guy a ball, see what he's made of see if a he he's got what it takes and if so that's going to give him some confidence heading into the season last year we saw mahomes throw a couple times to mvs a couple times to juju smith schuster on back shoulder throws give them a chance to go make a play and it, it was rewarded a few of the times they tried it not every time and this year they still have mvs but they have justin ross and they have rasheed rice two guys that at least mm. in college were better ball winners than a juju or an mvs kind of ever have been so yeah I'm with you. I would like to see this first team offense tested out a little bit. Um, I thought on Mahomes scramble and that on the third down play, I thought he had an actual opportunity to hit a back shoulder to Rasheed Rice on kind of a, it was a little bit of a fade route. He seemed like he had good leverage. It looked like he was setting up for it and Mahomes didn't throw it. Didn't even really look that way. So I know it wasn't in the progressions, but like that's something I would like to see this first team offense test out a little bit against the Cardinals. Maybe get Rice, maybe get Ross, whether it's in the red zone or just on third down, throw them up a ball and let them go get it. Let them win it and see if they can. It, it, there's no point in us as fans expecting them to do that in the regular season if we don't start seeing the proof of concept kind of ramp up a little bit. 
Yes, Shane Buchel did it, but Shane Buchel throws the ball anywhere he wants to, right? Like Blaine Gabbert did it. And like that's something that he probably has a little bit more practice when he was thinking about coming out of Tampa or just other various stops. Yeah. He's, he's played in offenses that have utilized like that as a weapon more frequently. I would just, I want to see the Chiefs lean into it a little bit more with some of the kind of personnel they have. Justin Ross, especially in the red zone, makes a ton of sense. Rice makes a ton of sense. Even Travis Kelsey getting a few more opportunities in that regard. Sometimes he can cash in on them too. So hopefully we kind of see a little bit of a changeover in uh, play style, I think, on some of these plays because they have the guys to do it now. Offensive line, I just continued success with that ones. I think, you know, the the tackles, you know, the tackle, well, at least with the tackles. I mean, we, you just got done talking about the interior guys, but the tackles specifically, I thought they looked really good in their limited limited uh, stretch. Another challenge, different types of players that they're going to be seeing this time. Uh, looking forward to seeing if they can continue to build off what they did, specifically the tackles uh, from week one to week two. Yeah, I thought Donovan Smith was really good in the run game. Uh, Jawan Taylor, not so much. And I think both those things are to be expected. Like Jawan Taylor's not a run blocker. Donovan Smith is a kind of hard-nosed guy. So yeah, I think that was expected. In pass protection, I don't think the first team, all quick passes, nobody was overly threatened. The longest pass protection play would have been on the scramble and the pocket was really good, right? So they looked good. The thing was the Saints don't have the best pass rush, especially the defensive end spot. Neither do the Arizona Cardinals, right? So like the test is, yes, it's against NFL players. It's 100% worth watching, but their best test is probably going to come. The Browns don't seem to be playing their stars, so they're not going to get that in the final preseason game. Like the offensive line in terms of their pass protection, especially the tackles, might not get tested until week one, right? They might not. That's the first time they might actually see a quality pass rusher and a live rep is once they get to the Lions when the regular season starts, but you still want to see them come out and look good. I thought Donovan Smith looked comfortable. I think he's, you know, he's getting used to how the chiefs like to have them do their vertical sets, get their quick sets in. Juwan Taylor looks like a great athlete. So both guys seem like they are fitting in quite well. And I like Donovan Smith's ability to kind of uh, set the tone along that offensive line, him and Trey Smith, they're playing opposite sides, but those two guys together, like they're a lot of, that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of guys they are putting on the ground. I want to ask you about Wanye Morris. I know we talked a little bit about him. What do you think about him? And like, what are you expecting to see from him this week? Uh, I thought he looked very good on the right side. Left side, you could tell he was less comfortable, right? You could just tell that he was left. His feet kept stopped moving when he was on the left. He would throw his hands. And that's, some, his that's something stick. we saw in some of the camp clips too, is like, it seemed like when he was playing on the left, left side, his feet did stop moving some. Yeah. And it always comes with the punch, right? So it's when he goes to throw his hands, he looks less comfortable. I, he's not even a big, you know, one hand user. He likes to put both hands out there, but when he does it from the left side, his feet seem to stop. And then he has to use his athleticism to recover. And he did. But as I was kind of saying, when you change that from going against the Saints second and third string defensive ends to starting defensive ends, if he has to play, you can't rely on your athleticism to recover because your feet stop. So there's some work there, but that's to be expected. He played right tackle for the past you know, two years at Oklahoma um, so looking good at right tackle was important. I thought he clearly will look better than Lucas Niang, who I thought oh, yeah. just looked labored. So I'm one, I'm curious to see how the offensive tackle, the second team offensive tackle reps, you know, play out again. Will Prince Tiga Winogo play right and left, or is he just going to play left again while Wanya Morris and Lucas Niang, you know, rotate in or out. So like, I want to see what those guys do, but I think it's kind of shaping up to be a pretty clear, uh, Wanya Morris can play both sides. Well, as a swing tackle, Prince Tiga is the next offensive tackle in line, and Lucas Nying is starting to fall a little bit behind. I would like to see, moving on, I would like to see 
Daenerys Prince get some run this week. Literally, um, I'd like to see more out of him. You know, I, I think you did. Was it you that I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but like it did look like he didn't have the best performance relative to what we've seen in training camp to this point. And so I'm kind of a little bit curious to just to see how his response from week one to week two is. Um, I want to see him with the ball in his hands though. Like I want to see him running the football. Like I, I would love to see him get some run with the ones just so you get a, an idea of what he, what, what he's got, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, I don't think needs to tote the rock on Saturday. Clyde Edwards Lair got some run, you know, when he was back home, Jarek McKinnon, maybe a little bit of work, but not nothing much. I, I'd love to see Daenerys Prince get some opportunities early with the first team and just go from there. Yeah. I thought, I thought, the moment maybe not too big, but just being in that big of a moment, generic Prince looked a little indecisive and it was on the, on the returns is where I noticed it. Now I know Tobe said they missed a couple blocks. We had guys in his face, but he just, he didn't look to be just like kind of going. He didn't just seem to like naturally be operating on instinct. He seemed to be trying to process everything at once. And I even thought a couple of his runs went that way. You could see his head looking, his eyes were darting back and forth, just trying to find the right spot. That's, that doesn't mean anything negative going forward. It was his first action in the NFL. That's to be expected. And he actually got run pretty early on for the Chiefs. But um, so like I do want to see him get back out there, give another chance. I just, I just want to see him go, right? You just want to see him play fast because we know he's athletically fast. You just want to see him mentally start to go a little bit more. So maybe give him a few of those Clyde Rizzi-Lair outside zone runs. Maybe let him, you know, get him back there on the kickoffs again, give him another opportunity to just really put his foot in the ground and go and just see what it turns into because I don't, I don't think he really got the chance to open up and show what he wanted to just because I think he was trying to, he was kind of processing everything a little too long. Any other offensive stuff you want to talk about before we move to defense? Um, I mean, what does a tight end rotation kind of look like? Um, I mean, Jody Fortson, you know, we, you mentioned it. He's out for the year. He got put on IR. Are the Chiefs going to keep four tight ends or are they going to keep three? I personally find it hard to believe that Andy Reid will go into a game with three active tight ends and no fullback. One injury takes away 13 personnel. It takes away the ability to go 22 personnel and get, you know, a fullback and two tight ends on the field together. I don't see a control freak like Andy Reid putting himself up against a wall like that to where he has to change his entire offense. So who would be that fourth tight end? If it's not forcing, is it going to be Matt Bushman who's flashed some in camp, made a couple nice plays there in the game against the Saints? Will it be somebody like Kendall Blanton, who's a little bit more known for his blocking and has made some plays in camp, not near as many receiving, but is probably a better blocker than Matt Bushman? Or are they just going to keep an extra wide receiver and say heck with it and just risk getting, you know, running into that situation where they maybe suffer an injury and can't play as, you know, heavy personnel? I tweeted this out last week i think it was last week and i could see like the chiefs have you know like elijah lee they kind of had a wink wink nod nod you know like, and he wound up never making the 53 for the chiefs but like there was talk like the chiefs are cutting him elijah lee knows he's cutting getting cut he's being he's cool with it yeah all that stuff and they've done this a couple different times with with some veterans it's like i could see them cutting blake bell because he's not going to have to go on waivers signing him to the practice squad and, and elevating him week one as they're kind of working through some of the roster rotation. And if they want to keep four, they could do it with Kendall Blanton too. Or Matt Bushman. I think Matt Bushman's clearing waivers. So I could see them double dipping at tight end and calling two tight ends up from the fit from the practice squad in week one. And I could see them doing something like that. Roster construction is going to be really fascinating this year. I could see them rostering two at cut down day so they can kind of navigate some stuff if they if push comes to shove. 
We're going to take a break. We'll be back to talk about the defense right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Thanks, everybody that is hanging out with us. Appreciate you. Please feel free to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you are listening from. It is Chiefs season. We want more Chiefs fans to find what we're doing, and we got a lot of great content here on KC Sports Network all during Chiefs season. It is time to talk about the Well, hold defense. up, hold up. Slow your roll, buddy. I Again, I know <sighs> Thursdays aren't your thing, but every <sighs> Thursday when people leave their five-star reviews, they have to tell us you know, if they hate us or like us, that's fine. You can do that. You can tell us if you hate us or like us as long as it's five stars. But this week, I also need you to tell me which wide receiver is going to lead the Chiefs receiving or the Chiefs in receiving yards against the Arizona Cardinals in the preseason. Last week, I put up a poll. The people got it right with Nico Romeo. They picked him. Matthew, who called it in the DMs? Uh, you and did Jordy? Jordy might have too. No, no just you. No. Just you and me, me. Lo- in lockstep. Uh, okay. But so did the people. So did the voters. Unfortunately, Romeo has suffered a dislocated shoulder. We don't know if he is going on the IR yet or not. So he is unlikely to be the one to lead them in receiving yards. But yes, in those five-star reviews, tell us who is leading them in receiving yards against the Arizona Cardinals. I saw a five-star review said, Kent's laugh is shrill and annoying. Five stars. <laughs> I don't care. That's fine. You can say that about me, you about can, King, you about can, Craig. Yeah. Five you leave a five star. You can you can say whatever you want. Appreciate everybody uh, that that did do that. Um, okay, so like, can we talk about the defense now? I yes, I want to. All right, I do want to do this real quick because it has been like a week and a half since you've been on this show, and people are still asking. It's Chris Jones questions. Just real quick, uh, where do you feel? How do you feel about Chris Jones not being in camp? We're little. We're like three weeks from the chiefs actually playing he's running out of runway to get you know live contact before week one hasn't come to terms like where are you at right now you're trying to get me in trouble with with the people there's there's one chiefs player that chiefs fans like almost as much as patrick mahomes and it's chris jones they love drafting him they love him being around being so good as they should right as people should but i I don't know man i'm kind of over it I'm just, you know, do your thing. Try to get paid, get your money. And at this point in time, he's still not here and he's still getting paid. I think it's kind of time to show up now. Um, You know, so I'm just kind of waiting for him to show up. It's kind of run its course now. The trolling has gotten from like kind of funny. I don't think it was ever hilarious. It went from kind of funny to now it's just tiresome. So they're arguing about money. It's clearly what's happening right now isn't working. So it's just time to show up and get paid to do your job and then go cash in next year for your $33 million a year that you're going to get as long as you play well. At this point, he's just hampering his next payday by not being here to be in playing shape come week one. The Michael Bay thing was pretty funny, though. Yeah, that was it was a hard peak, and then it just crashed. That was really funny, like though. Bay film. I, yeah, he, <laughs> he I, I do want to, I think he needs to get in camp pretty quick here. I think it's time. I don't. If they haven't been able to come to a deal by now, like it's time. We he needs to yeah, be. There, no more social media posts are going to change. No, no other trolling on social media is going to make Brett Veach all of a sudden pay you more money, right? Like, it's it's over now. Training camp is now ended. Show show up, right? Just just show up now, and that way you can do the best you can to prepare yourself to hit the ground running at a hundred percent on week one. 
have another career year, then you're going to get your money, whether it's from the Chiefs or another team. That's the best thing for him now going forward. He played his card out with the holdout. It's in now. It's done. It's kind of over. As a fan just of the Chiefs, Like I, I'm over it at this point in time. I would like to see the team do the best they can, and that involves Chris Jones being there, but I also think it's the best for him, and if that's what he wants is the money, it's going to behoove him the most to show up and start playing well week one not needing, you know, three weeks to get up to game shape and game speed again. Like, you know, it might happen for a veteran sitting out. All right, let's talk about the defensive ends. I'm really excited to watch these young defensive ends play. It was fun to watch Felix and UDK Uzama. You know, he, there was a couple, he wound up on the ground a little bit, but he's still getting in a really good position. He's so close to just turning that corner. And the fact that he was getting in those positions was really fun to watch, you know, spiking inside running up the arc all that good stuff same with bj like bj thompson up the arc was really good and he had a fun little arm over move that he used you know off of it worked through a chip to continue to work through the quarterback running up the arc on one play i'm i'm really looking forward to watching the young defensive end specifically in this next game yeah i thought i thought that they impressed i thought felix did a good job showcasing that he is going to be a legitimate speed rusher versus nfl players granted it was against the second team and kind of third team Saints offensive line for the most parts, but he was kind of a terror for them. And for the most part, it was just when he got his snap, you know, jump correct, which it was inconsistent, but when he hit it, he flew off the line of scrimmage and he really pressed up that outside shoulder. He showed the ability to drop his pad level and start to turn the corner. I think you saw his hands show a little bit of improvement from what we saw at K state. And most importantly, he looked a little thicker. He didn't look as thin as he did at K-State, and he still had that speed rush. Like, I definitely think that's a good sign for him. For a guy that got a little bit late into camp, he was able to still come out for this first game, still showcase kind of why the Chiefs would like him. I think the next step is maybe he eats into a couple of Charles O'Minihue's reps with that first team run because you know O'Minihue won't be available for the first six weeks maybe you get him a couple third down rushes with that first team against, you know, starting NFL tackles to see what it looks like and see if that speed is still quite that uh, threat that it looked like against the saints. feels like BJ Thompson's a little bit better built too. Like from when you saw him at Stephen F Austin, like, I feel like, you know, he, he looks like he's in good shape physically, you know, like well, that was one of the questions, like freak athlete, really good first step. He showed the first step again too. Like, I think, I think he, I think he had a good first step, you know, in some reps and some rushes, had a you know had a plan to kind of rush inside a little bit when uh, the left tackle kind of tried to overset a little bit. Um, had a plan there. I'm looking forward to watching these young guys rush. Anybody else on the defensive line that you're excited to see? Oh yeah, uh, I thought the best defensive lineman for the Chiefs was Big Danny Shelton. I I thought he kind of had the best game out of anybody. I thought he they talk um they talked about it when they had the uh, when Colin was up there talking about the defensive lineman. He was in better shape this year, and that showed. There was a drive there where he played eight or nine uh, snaps in a row. And the eighth one was his sack, which was, I mean, it was a little bit of a second effort sack because it was like on a stunt that he looped around kind of late, but that was eight and his eighth play in a row on a series. And that includes two plays where he chased an outside run down the line of scrimmage. One of which he Superman jumped on top of it. Like if a guy as big as he is, he played like a guy that was in much better shape again. And so he was still stout versus the run. He had a couple nice flashes, you know, beating a center or a guard trying to reach him to get into the backfield. He showcased a, a nice power rush on one play that he just missed batting a ball down. He had the sack. That's good for the Chiefs because I, I also thought Keandre Coburn was good, but he didn't even crack 
the, the game until late into the game. Like it was pretty deep in there. So Derek Nottie's going to need some rest. They're going to need some guys to eat some snaps there in the middle of the field. And I, I thought Danny Shelton looked like he was definitely better than the Saints second string offensive line. And that's what you want to see in the preseason out of a guy. Well, then antennas up, uh, red alert, red alert. We have a position battle probably is what we're looking at. Cause I think it'll be tricky for them to fi- keep red five alert. defensive tackles. If that's the case, it could come down to a Danny Shelton versus Keanu Coburn conversation. If that continues. And that's, that'll be interesting because you're going to have, you're going to have uh, Derek Nottie. You're going to have Treshawn Wharton, Chris Jones. They've typically kept four. They've kept four interior defensive tackles. And with some of these other roster crunches, we're talking about trying to keep seven wide receivers, three quarterbacks, potentially. Uh, like This is where the roster construction is going to get fascinating because you might, it might be Keandre Coburn versus D- Danny Shelton. It, it, you know, if we're not careful here. And I, I love Keandre Coburn. I want him to make the team. I think that he can do a lot for this team long-term, but I'm based on what we saw. I, I thought Danny Shelton was clearly the superior player. It's one preseason game. It's not all of camp, but I thought Danny Shelton was clearly the superior player in that first game. And he was doing it against, you know, a little bit better competition. There was some guys that, you know, like Nick Sal- big salad, Nick Saldaveri was playing guard in that second team unit. Uh, Max Garcia, who I believe was with the Patriots at one point in time was playing. Like there's some guys that you, that you knew that Nick Danny Shelton was beating up on. Coburn just got in so late. And like, so if that's the case, I'm leaning Danny Shelton. And I don't know what that means for Coburn. They drafted him early enough that I don't know if you feel super comfortable that he makes it to your practice squad. That's where it gets dicey. So I, what is, okay. Uh, what does Derek Nadi's contract look like? See, okay. So I was, he's cuttable. Um, I can, I can pull up the numbers real quick. Yeah, he is cuttable. I, Derek Nottie definitely was the starter. I don't want to get anything wrong. Derek Nottie was the starter, but I don't. I think it's been two years of kind of regression from him. And like, if this is what it comes down to, if it's Danny Shelton versus Keandre Coburn, and you don't feel like you get to keep Cob- like you're getting Coburn to your practice squad, I don't know if you're losing that much going from Nottie to Danny Shelton as your starting nose tackle. If Shelton can consistently play, if he's playing consistently as good as he did in that Saints game throughout all of camp, because I don't think Derek Nottie was significantly better than him. Granted, he was playing against the first-team offense. No, I believe his entire contract is guaranteed. So Derek Nottie Oof. is safe. But I Okay, well... It's a million dollars. It's a million dollars. And sure. I'll just tell you this. The, they, I get what you're saying. Like Derek and Derek Nadi has been a little bit inconsistent the last couple of years. However, I think it's probably not the best business to rely on Danny Shelton in a rookie defensive tackle either. And I get that. Like Danny Shelton's had his own issues here. Derek Nadi's been consistent and available. And sometimes your best yeah. ability is your availability. And I think it'd be really hard sell to try to move on from Derek Nadi because just it's, it's a risky proposition with the interior of your, of your defensive line. So I, 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 I look, Derek Nadi was not great. And look, he's, he's had a hard time. Like, let's be honest. He's had a hard time finding jobs the last couple of years. There's a reason that he's back with the chiefs for vet minimum. He's making a, like a little bit over a million dollars this year. He made a little bit over a million dollars last year. It's it's he's, he's signing to vet minimum deals. He's not able to find, you know, a payday anywhere. So, I get what you're saying, but he has been able to play a lot of snaps for this team. And I, I think they're probably going to try to hold on to someone that they know so well. 
I mean, and that plays a huge role. And I guess this this takes you back to the next issue, not issue, but like one qualm you have. When you have Chris Jones, who, while he played a lot better against the run, he is not a nose tackle in any way, shape, or form. And Turk Wharton, who is not a nose tackle in any way, shape, or form, you get kind of really limited in what you can do. I don't know if you can take a guy like a Keandre Coburn, who is still learning, who's trying to get caught up to the NFL in terms of speed, strength, and everything else, because he's going to have to play a little bit. Derek Nadi can't play all of your nose tackle reps, and they don't have another capable nose tackle type player in that room with a Tershawn Wharton and a Chris Jones. Like, that's it's going to be hard. I think it might be kind of hard to find a way to keep Coburn. Um, I guess it might get a little bit easier when Charles O'Minihue's missing the first six games. Maybe you do have six weeks to keep five D tackles for some reason and keep then, you know, I, I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. We spent a lot of time talking Danny Shelton versus Keandre Coburn uh, at this point in time. But like that is a fascinating, fascinating little position battle. That and tight end right now might be your two biggest uh, position battles given all the injuries that they've had at uh, other positions. What do you want to see out of the secondary in this game? Uh, not playing poorly. That would be a great start. Everybody I saw, like I was, I had to watch the, I was watching the game in Florida. I watched it live. I saw on social media, people were ripping the pass rush and saying that they miss Chris Jones and Chris Jones is now worth like $50 million. Like, what do you mean? Derek Carr is getting the ball out in one and a half seconds and the DBs are getting cooked. Like and there's no pass rush getting home and what the saints were doing. That ball was out the moment he hit the back of his drop. Yeah. The pass rush didn't look great, but it didn't matter when Justin Reed was getting outran by Jawan Johnson and Trent McDuffie was in generally good coverage, but still couldn't defend balls going over to Michael Thomas or A.T. Perry. Like, I, I don't know. I just need, I need them to make a few more plays. I thought the safety play in particular from the first team unit wasn't good, so I want to see them make a step up. We spent all offseason hyping up the entire secondary of being a strength. Didn't look like a strength versus the Saints. And if you listen to what Steve Spagnolo and David Merritt are saying, doesn't seem like they're seeing it as a huge strength right now because they're kind of they're begging a third corner to step up and like prove that they belong on the field, and no one has yet. It feels like they've been challenged in that second year group a lot. You know, just trying to continue to send send messages. You know, they've been messing with the rotations with the ones. They're trying to, you know, let the the Jalen Watsons, the Joshua Williams of the of the world know that. You know, these these spots aren't guaranteed. They're earned. Um, and, I, you know, at the cornerback position, they've suffered a little bit of attrition. Some guys that were playing well. Uh, we'll see what happens with Nick Jones. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see what some of these other young kids can do, too. Khalif Halasi, I thought, looked really good. Tackled well, made a play on the football, broke on a on a deep route and closed, made an interception. Got his got his knee down in in play. Echo Boyedo is interesting to me because like I think what he's done is definitely it's 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 uh it, it's it's catching my attention. And even how he you know he even in the run fits, but I'm also like I I, I keep going back to what Andy Reid's you know uh, reportedly said when they were talking to him for the pregame. You know, wait. <laughs> putting some more weight on, you know, they want to put a little bit more weight on him. They, they wish he had a little bit more weight on him. That kind of feels like a, a maybe a, a hold on, you know, try to get him on the practice squad and then put a little weight on him for next year kind of thing. But, you know, it, I, I'm curious to see if those other young cornerbacks can keep pushing the Jalen, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams is of the world. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you. I like echo boy. Do I like what he flashed in that first game? And it looks very, very competitive. Um, 
he does need to add some more weight though. I I'm with you. It didn't sound like just like when listening to the coaches that they were really ready to insert anybody else into that competition without a Nazi with Nazi Johnson's injury. And now with Nick Jones injury, it didn't look like they even felt like they had competition for that third corner spot. It was kind of Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams to step up and Oh, Hey, Legereus Sneed being healthy enough to play would also be a phenomenal thing to see mm-hmm. at, at this point in time too. So like I, I want to see Halasi and Echo Boy Doe build on what was a strong game one. I think that'd be very good for the Chiefs. Maybe if they rack up back-to-back good games, maybe there is start to be some competition. We do now have to start talking about, okay, one of these guys now becomes that fifth corner kind of uh, locked in to this roster. They are 100% going to be there, and maybe they can start to push for that third cornerback spot. But we got to see it a few more times, I think, to get there. I do... If I had to lean one way or the other, I think Halasi is just a little bit more physically ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, he he can stick his nose in there. He can do a lot of the stuff that Steve Spagnuolo really likes. So if there's one guy that I think I would slightly edge towards out of those two in terms of maybe stepping up and competing for that third corner spot, he'd be the guy. But I think there's a decent gap between the two. If we see somebody else get first team reps, though, then you know all all men on deck for that. The thing I'm watching too is special teams because Nick Jones and Nazi Johnson being gone means some of the roster shakeup that we might see could involve special teams. So do what is what does it look like at the cornerback position on special teams is one of the things I'm definitely paying attention to. Do we see an Echo Boyedo? Do we see a Cleve Halase getting into some of these first team special teams reps? Because that could mean, hey, we're trying to get him fitting into this you know, into this roster because we're going to need them for special teams. Like that's, that's something I'm definitely paying attention to. Um, anything on the linebackers that you want to talk about? Um, I, I thought Leo Chanel was really good. Um, I thought he looked very fast. He looked a little bit more decisive than I think he did at times last year, even when playing in a more will linebacker role. So with the second team unit, he was playing a little bit of will and not just Sam. So it wasn't just all about, Hey, go hit a guy. And I actually thought he reacted pretty quick. And I thought he showcased his range and his ability to play behind the line of scrimmage. So I like Willie Gay. I think Willie Gay had some really good plays actually in that game, but Leo Chanel, he looks like he's developing in to do a lot of the same stuff first to run. I am curious to see how it breaks out. It seemed like Drew Tranquil was getting maximum amount of reps being the mic with the second team. Is he going to break into the first team reps at all? Is he going to play dime linebacker at all? Is he going to see any will reps? And if not, you know, I just want to see kind of, I guess how it shows up. Cause like the chiefs have four linebackers that need to play. I, I don't know how else to say it. The Chiefs have four linebackers that need to be on the football field, and I just don't know how they're going to do it at this point in time. Uh, I thought Leo Chanel played the best in that game out of all of them, but like Drew Tranquil was making play calls his first year with the entire second team and still had a good game himself. I'm curious if the Chiefs get into the dime if if Drew Tranquil plays this week, if this is the week they get him out there. I hope so. I do too. And I don't think it's a – I think Drew, like the way they've talked about Drew Tranquil and – what he's done. Like, I think he's earned the trust of this team. So I don't think it's, they're going to throw Nick Bolton out there in the dime. Like I think when put, when it, when it comes time for real, I think Drew Tranquil will be out there and I'd like to see it this week. Maybe they're just trying to hold him back just a little bit, not show anybody that. I don't know. I mean, like yeah, they, I mean, never, no one's just, ever seen Drew Tranquil play dime linebacker. So I think it's just I, a slow know. drip. I think it's just a slow drip while he's learning kind of the defense though, right? Because like he's making the play calls. If you put him out there a dime, there is absolutely nobody else to really cover for what he's doing. So like, I, I don't mind that in game one. 
I would like to see though, if that's the plan, he better get some of those reps in one of these next two games. Cause it's just different again, right? He needs to be out there where he's the only kind of linebacker and be able to call the shots. Nobody else there can help second year, Leo Chanel, second year, uh, guy, uh, Cole Christensen out there or, um, that whoever else is out there with them, they can't run yeah, they can't help them out so i think if there's a time to do it it'll be this one i hope it's with the ones so we shall see but yeah this linebacker group's a lot of fun as thin as a defensive line they start to look the linebacker group's looking nice i even thought the depth of that unit like cam jones was flying around a little bit making a couple nights i mean he kind of looked like nick bolton just in the way he attacked everything at full speed i'm not saying he's near as good as nick bolton but Similar look, similar size, and the way he came downhill really fast. I thought he looked good. Christensen showcased a couple nice plays. So, like, I, I think the linebacker group's a big area of strength for them. The problem is, I just don't know how you get a lot of them on the field frequently. Good problem to have, and it'll shake itself off. And it's a long season. There's going to be injuries, so you never know how that kind of kind of figures itself either. All right, let's predict this game, Matthew. Yes, you heard me. Oh, right. we do that. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you sure? I, yeah. Like, really, really? Mm -hmm. I mean, go ahead. No, you go first. Me? I didn't I didn't know this was coming. Um, it's just a, meaning, a meaningless score in a meaningless game, but oh, we're continuing man. the bit. Okay. The Kansas City Chiefs will get the ball first. They will drive down the field and falter in the red zone and kick a field goal. The Cardinals will come out quick. Uh, you know, if one first down, they'll have to punt the ball back. You're getting a whole game by game. Whole no. Game Hurry up! Last for? I want a score. Yeah, I'm getting there, but I gotta build. I gotta build it up before we put the score. This is what you. This is what you asked of me, Kent. Um, Hurry up! The Chiefs get the ball back again. Patrick Mahomes just obliterates the Cardinals defense down the field, a lot like Week One last year in the regular season. They go up ten to nothing. Cardinals get the ball back. They show a few signs of life as they flail around. Maybe they get it. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you. 27-20 Chiefs win. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com